0: This is Matt Isaac, and you're listening to The People's Podcast.
1: Alright, welcome into episode 11 of the People Podcast, where I'm talking to Matt Isaac, who is the owner of Bandit, one of my favorite places to eat food in San Francisco. They have amazing burgers, the best burgers in San Francisco by my standards. They have amazing breakfast sandwiches, their house made aioli is second to none, and it's just a spot that if you haven't gone to already, you better get to pretty soon. I first found Bandit when I lived down the street a few years ago, so I've been going there for a few years and I I've developed a friendship with the owner, Matt, but this is the first time I've linked up with him for an interview or anything like that. So I'm really excited to share the story of Bandit and Matt's story on episode 11 of the People Podcast. I really think it's going to be an episode that everyone's going to enjoy. Matt, how the hell are you, man? I'm great, brother. How you doing? I'm doing really good, man. Even better now that we're on the phone together. But um let's start at the beginning of your bandit journey, Matt. I believe you guys have been in business for about four years now. But how did the idea of bandit first come about? Um,
0: kind of a funny story. So uh the idea behind Bandit was, you know, we all got busy lives and you know you know, in the morning when you're getting your cup of joe and you're you know, you're hungry and you don't have time to go sit down at a brunch spot and then when you're at a coffee shop you know a lot of these places they will be like a a microwave egg, a costco bagel or you know just something that's like really generic and kind of like just you know no like there's no effort to great you know got something to eat that's good you know not everybody has time to go ahead sit down for brunch for an hour and um, my thing was like you know how do you make something to go that's like good quality, made to order, you know, that's not microwaved. That's not like some generic, you know, English muffin or a a bagel. And you know, that was kinda like, you know, the idea and then as I started kind of planning it and doing the uh the business plan for it, I was like, All right, for this to really be a, a viable business, I gotta do some kind of like lunch option and um that's where we got the idea with the uh, with the burgers to complement the Festival Sandos.
1: That's interesting because I have noticed that um, at your Geary location that there is limited seating, so it seems like that was kind of intentional. Absolutely, because you know the thing is, is like you know when you think of like
0: a hole in the wall place, you're just you're going to get like your commodity, you know, frozen patty, a very generic sandwich, and you know sometimes like we're just in a hurry, you know, you gotta you gotta go home catch a game, you gotta go to an important meeting, but why does like why does Taco food have to be so like Bland or so generic. And I was just kind of like, you know, kind of just like the mission behind it. You know, it's like, man, we serve American Kobe beef burgers, but you're able to get that to go. Like, what we serve is like what you're going to get out of a nice, you know, sit down
1: spot. Yeah, definitely. Because the food quality is definitely there. um I love the name Bandit, Matt, because it's short, it's succinct. But do you remember some of the other names you were thinking of before you ended up on Bandit?
0: So I'll tell you the story originally the location we were looking to open was we were really looking like in Hayes Valley, kind of like NOPA-ish, but we couldn't find a small spot. And um when we found the spot in, in, in the in the tender knob or, you know, whatever semantics you want to use to call it the neighborhood lower knob or just a straight TL, um the original name of the bandit was actually Ace. And um as we uh you know, after we signed the lease and we're like work started, you know, work on the plans for the build out one of the designers who worked with the, who worked with the design firm said, "Hey, I actually go to this sports bar with my boyfriend called Aces, which is only a few blocks away." And I never heard of Aces. And then she's like, "You know, I think people might get a bit confused." And I was like, uh "Oh, so I'm, I'm like, you know what? I got to go scope it out and you know see and realize it was only a few blocks away." So from there, we had to pivot. And um, and we were like, you know, we had a few brainstorming sessions. We had like i don't know it's probably a list of 30 names and we we're trying to you know figure out like what would be a cool name that stood out and um you know we, you know we all just kind of voted on bandit you know it's like it's like like you have low expectations you know you like you know at a good price point you're like hey i made out like a bandit that's kind of how it's kind of like you know a little way we went with
1: <laughs> i like that that was interesting to hear um I also had kind a of theory that it might be Bandit because you're stealing your customers' hearts with every delicious bite, um, you know, something like that.
0: That's another tagline. My partner mentioned that before. You know, we've you know, we kind of, you know, we've kind of, you know, there's a few other uh, mantras and stuff behind the name. But, yeah, I like that. I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good name. I think you guys chose the right one. Is Bandit the first Thanks. spot you've opened up? Uh, yep. Oh, nice. Okay, that's really cool. And then um, when you were initially starting out, how did you decide what neighborhood you wanted to be in? Um, I know you mentioned you were looking for a small spot, but um, was it, it Hayes Valley you wanted to start in?
0: It was originally like Hayes Valley and Nopa nope, because we just felt like, you know, um, those are two neighborhoods that didn't really have like like good like good breakfast. I was kind of picked up. Um, downtown was like a little intimidating just because, we really wanted to be in a neighborhood spot. That was number one. Like, you know, we wanted to be around, like, locals. So we were, like, okay, like, you know, definitely, like, love Hayes Valley. Definitely love, you know, NOPA. And then, um, you know, and also, like, within the neighborhoods, we were, like, all right. You know, both neighborhoods had, like, a cat, their own, like, neighborhood cafe. But it was very, very different. And there was nothing that, um, that had something to go. Which also, like, complemented, like, an area where there was, like, a, d- a decent nightlife you know, just having like some of the bars around. So that's, that's kind of the reason why we were like, we're kind of scouting those two locations initially.
1: Okay. And then you guys have a location in the Tenderloin and I believe soon you'll be in the dog patch, but when did you guys first think about expansion?
0: So within the first year we had like other landlords, even our own landlords are going to approach us for other, other spots. We had other landlords and we just had a bunch of brokers always reach out to us and we kind of just always tabled it. We're like, you know, we weren't ready. Um, you know, just like, hey, let's just get, you know, let's get our, let's get our location, you know, steady, you know, let's try to get into the, you know, into the black, and um, just before the pandemic, the idea was like, hey, you know what, maybe it would be nice to have like a spot to complement our location, um, just because, you know, we're like, lo- like a lot of our regulars are kind of like, you know, I don't want to say growing up, but kind of venturing out of the neighborhood, and uh, going into other neighborhoods, and, uh, and so, it kind of like you know, kind of got kind of got the spark um, going, and then um, you know, of course, the pandemic happened. You know, things came to a screeching halt, and then um, in the middle of pandemic, like you know, a lot of, a lot of places started opening up, and uh, this landlord um, Dogpatch, you know, was is actually like a regular customer. Was like, hey, I think I got something that was you know that would uh, really really fit. Um, you know what you guys are doing. It's a small space. It's a great location. And we're like, hey, you know what, like why don't we you know, we'll we'll definitely check it out. And um, you know, the business there was already closed and he was just like, Hey, it's, I'm not opening anything, it's not going anywhere and uh hey, I I'll ride this out with you guys, you know, if you guys were willing to like, you know, you know, to to open. You know, like, oh, you know, it's kind of like a deal of a lifetime, And we're like, Yeah, absolutely, you know, it's like, you know, maybe we gotta seize the moment. Just never know, like we'd have an opportunity like this again. And um, just they're totally, you know, they're totally awesome landlords. They're like, hey, you know, like we're all, you know, we're all on the same boat. And, you know, one day, when, as things kind of get back to a normal or a new normal, like this will be beneficial for both of us.
1: Yeah, and that's awesome that it happened from just somebody that was coming in as a customer. You never know how things can turn out.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely.
1: How about the pandemic, Matt? You talked about that a little bit just now, but what was the hardest part for you as a small business owner staying afloat during the pandemic?
0: You know, the hardest, the hardest part was supply chain, just getting like, you know, trying to keep the same quality, you know, just because there's like so much much supply chain issues. Um, You know, like a lot of, a lot of the, um, a lot of the big, uh, the big national like suppliers shut down and it put a strain on like all the small local, like, um, you know, farms and small local like vendors and stuff like that. So it was just like, it was just, it was definitely, that was probably one one of the most stressful parts. Another one is just like, you know, being in the industry and having a lot of friends in the industry. I always felt like, felt like we had like a bit of like survivor's guilt. Cause you know, we get a lot, Bandit does get a lot of, um, A lot of uh, you know, people in the hospitality business coming in. Like we got, we definitely serve a lot of people, you know, within the industry. It it just kind of, you know, you we felt for a lot of people. Like, hey, a lot of these places were closed. A lot of these places were cutting hours, and a lot of, you know, a lot of our regulars were just they were hurting, and it was just like, it was tough. You know, you kind of felt like a bit of guilt. You know, it's like. You know, we're on the same boat and, you know, we were fortunate to stay open just because we had a, we have a small footprint. You know, we were already doing to go, so it made it a little easy, you know, but for some places, it just, for some locations, it was hard for them to pivot to do a to go concept when, they're like, you know, their food is, you know, how do you, how do you box a nice fancy plate in a biopack container?
1: Yeah, well, it's great to see that you guys have survived um, and, you know, you guys are still out there serving burgers, serving breakfast, and that's what kind of what I want to talk about next, Matt, is the menu, because you guys have burgers, breakfast, fried chicken, tater tots, fries, coffee, you name it. What's the story behind your head, Chef Melvin, and the Bandit menu?
0: So the, the menu was a collaboration between my partner, Andrea, yeah, Chef Melvin, and it was like, okay, how do we, like, we want, you know, kiss principle, let's keep it simple, straightforward. You know, we didn't want to laundry list of items where like, you know, paradox of choice where like, we got like, you know, 31 items to choose from. So it's just like, hey, let's just keep it, you know, let's keep it simple. You know, good quality. You know, we make, you know, we make our sausages in the house. We make our ale in house, our relish in the house. You know, our pickles are made in the house. You know, just things you you find like at a normal sit down restaurant. But like, hey, let's just, you know, Let's, you know, kind of uh, fine tune this thing and, you know, make it to go. Like I was saying to you earlier, Brian, it's like, you know, a lot of places that do to go food is just like typical commodity crap, And it's like, you know, why, you know, why, why do you have to settle for less if you don't have time to sit down out of place? You know,
1: absolutely. And um, you mentioned the aioli, house-made aioli. That's got to be one of my favorite things about Bandit. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I just got to say that is such a good compliment to any meal and side.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's
1: <laughs> um, how about the process of hiring a chef? Um, you mentioned your head chef, Melvin, but how does that go? Do you just have an idea of what kind of food you want? And then you see if other chefs can make what you're looking for.
0: Well, Melvin and I were, you know, I've been friends for a long time. Um, you know, his family's been close to like my family. So, you know, we, uh, we talked about the idea when like, when the, uh, when the idea of Bandit came to surface, you know, Mel- Melvin was working at some other restaurants and, you know, we had like, kind of put a menu together and we were just kind of talking about like, hey, what direction can we go? Like, how could, you know, you know, how could we fine tune this thing? You know, of course, you know, we had, you know, different iterations of the menu. Um, You know, at one point I felt like it was a bit expanded. At one point it was a bit too simple. And it was just kind of, you know, it's kind of like trial and error. Like we were having a good time, you know, cooking away and trying to, you know, try to perfect everything.
1: And I would say my favorite sandwich there is the brekkie sandwich. Matt Scrambled yeah, that's eggs. Our number one seller. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The scrambled eggs, house made pork sausage patty, cheese, smashed tater tots, caramelized onions, jalapeno relish. Is this one that you created? Um, because I just gotta say it's my favorite one. And my pro tip is to add avocado. Actually the sandwiches
0: I would I would probably give credit to Melvin on that sando. Um he's a big fan of that sweet and spicy and, and uh he you know, he he thought with like the crunch, the toss, the uh the relish. You know, with that pork sausage, you know, it would just be like a like a just a great combo. And it definitely, you know, definitely hit it out of the ballpark. Our new sand though, which is kind of like the step up of the the breakfast called the Broke Mariner, which has the uh, avocado and replacement of the relish. But it comes with like double pork, the bacon and the pork sausage.
1: I don't know if I've had that one yet. So next time I'm in, I'm going to try that one. Um, but,
0: oh yeah, you got you. it. Might be your new favorite.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then I want to talk about another menu item, the hot mess. I saw you guys have done something cool on social media before, where you asked customers to name one of your new breakfast sandwiches, and it ended up being the hot mess with the spicy fried chicken. Are there any plans on adding to the menu uh, sometime in the near future?
0: Yeah. We you know we've been we've been thinking around, with thinking about the uh, maybe doing like a a vegan a vegan version of like you know the impossible. You know, it's kind of kind of been a request. It's kind of the reason why we got the hot mess. That was always like a modified breakfast sandal that everybody was looking for. You know, we do we do have that chicken sausage, but people always you know, Jones for like a fried chicken. So we're like, hey, you know, let's um you know, let's come up with something and then hey, you know, let our let our customer base pick the name. You know, it was kind of it was kind of a collaboration of their own creation.
1: The vegan Impossible Patty would be really big because I feel like that has really grown in the last few years, and it's probably just going to get bigger as the years go on.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, we're we, you know definitely like you know we we brought it in for like a couple of caterings, and it's definitely been like a hit. You know, we're just kind of you know the thing about us is like we really want to try to come up with like one perfect though. We don't want to have like you know, five versions and, you know, the, the vegan cheese market is not what we, you know, we don't think it's as good as like the vegan, you know, the vegan eats. So we're just trying to come up with like a good combo, you know, but I think, you know, I think we're pretty close. I think we're pretty close to like launching.
1: Sounds good. So I will uh, look out for that and everyone else will as well. But Matt, when you look at your bandit journey, what's the biggest lesson you learned before launching bandit that has now helped you during your bandit journey?
0: Brian, uh, Brian's a good question. Um, I think, in, you know, big lesson is as an operator, you got you can't be afraid to roll up your sleeves. And you know, you coming in, Brian. You know, you see me, you see me on the line. You see me behind behind the counter. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, like with COVID, you know, labor issues and all. You just I think you can't you can't be afraid You can't be afraid to wear all hats and roll up the sleeves.
1: Yeah, and I see you out there, and you're doing everything that everyone else is doing, and um, I love that. You know, that's the kind of operation that survives and thrives. Um, what about the? What do you think has been the most rewarding part about opening Bandit and uh, serving your local community?
0: Just the community connection. I mean, just being. I think sometimes as an operator and owner, people forget when you when you open a location, you become a fabric of the community. You take a, you're taking away a storefront that's unique, that's, you know, one size, you know, like especially down here in, in, you know, in the Tenderknob, there's not a lot of commercial storefront. So for you to, you know, take a storefront, the expectations are pretty high because, hey, you're taking a storefront that could have been an opportunity for somebody else to come in. So you're, and if you don't, if you don't hit it out of the ballpark, you're kind of doing a disservice to the neighborhood, you know? So for for us at Bandit, it's like, you know, we wanted to, you know, being like you know opening here we just wanted to you know like you know be entrenched in the neighborhood and, and serve something that like hey the neighbors are proud of and that's like what the big thing is like how many how many like you know you know neighbors guests that have like moved on that like one one positive note about the neighborhood is hey i miss i miss it. that was a highlight of you know one of the highlights of me living there and that you know that makes me feel good you know it's like hey you feel like you're doing something right
1: definitely and when you look at a big picture matt What's the future of Bandit? Do you see it as you know an expansion where you have locations all over the city in other cities? What's the plan there?
0: No, I mean I I think you know think about Bandit it's like you know it's a community, it's a community uh, focused spot and um you know less is more it, you know if we ever end up opening uh, one more location you know maybe three maps, that's it like those are the three like chosen like awesome neighborhoods you know just. You know, we're not, you know, we're not, you know, no, no aspirations to be a chain or a franchise or anything like that. Because, you meant then you deviate from the like, quality. I mean, and also to advance it's like, you know, just, uh, it's near to my heart in the sense of like just a relationship, you know, and it's like, I really, you know, I feel like if we expanded too much, like, you know, we wouldn't be able to give that like good customer service. And, you know, that's kind of, I think the big, that's like, you know, another big part of, you know, being the success is like, hey, you know, we're, you know, we remember people's names, we remember people's orders, you know, it's like, it's like what the city used to be growing up in the city, you know, like you go into a place, you know, you take the transaction out of the transaction, you know, a lot of, a lot of places, you know, now in the last few years, it's just, it's just a transaction. And that's like one thing, like we pride ourselves on, it's like, hey, let's take the transaction out of it. No, you know we're not like in the food business we're in, you know we're in the people, like you know the people business like you know it's like there's so many options and so many choices in the city that's like you know and, and people, people are will settle for mediocre food you know if the, sur- if the service is good, so for us it's like let's serve amazing food. And- you know, make sure like, you know, we're taking care of our, you know, our people.
1: I'm really glad you said that because that's so important to me. And I think that's really a big part of living in San Francisco is I think there's a lot of places that have that community oriented aspect to it. And um, as someone that's been going to bandit for years, every time I've seen you or the other Bandit employees, I definitely feel that way. So I love that you guys pride yourselves on that as well.
0: I appreciate that. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you feel that. And you know, this stuff, stuff a big part you know big part of like what we're trying to do
1: well matt thanks so much for all your time and uh, to everybody out there bay area or if you're just coming out to the bay area make sure you check them out on geary street and in the dog patch i promise you won't regret it but matt thanks again i really enjoyed our conversation
0: Brian, i appreciate you I appreciate you just you know reaching out taking time uh, to do this and you know to all your listeners and stuff. thank you guys
1: What a fun interview with Matt Isaac, episode 11 of the People Podcast. I really enjoyed hearing a story about how he was able to navigate through the pandemic, what it's like to serve the Tenderloin community, how he got his chef and his menu put together, and so much more. If you haven't tried Bandit, or maybe you have tried it, but you just want another burger, well, good news. I'm giving away gift cards to Bandit on my Instagram page. Just search the People Podcast and you'll find us, and you will see the post that will tell you all about how you can win a bandit gift card Um, i think everyone should do it because they serve great food and it's going to be easy to get in so yeah do it thanks again for listening everybody and i'll see you next week for episode 12 and just to throw it out there i'm going to give a little hint at who the guest is Um, the initials are going to be m a first and last name m a i don't know if that helps anybody and i don't know if anyone is going to guess it But I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, This week was M-I, Matt Isaac. But uh, next week, M-A. If you can guess it, let me know on Instagram. I would love to hear it. Thanks. Bye.